Friends, as we continue in our study of the Psalms this summer, I want to lift up for you the 103rd Psalm. It reads like this. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good as long as you live so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works vindication and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always accuse, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are from the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he removes our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion for his children, so the Lord has compassion for those who fear him. For he knows how we were made. He remembers that we are dust. As for mortals, their days are like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. For the wind passes over it and it is gone. And its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, obedient to his spoken word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Won't you pray with me? Come thou fount of every blessing. Tune my heart to sing thy praise. Streams of mercy never ceasing. Lord, you call for songs of loudest praise. So teach me some melodious sonnet sung by flaming tongues above. Lord, here's your mount. I'm fixed upon it. Mount of thy redeeming love. And so God of grace and God of glory, speak now a word to your people. A word that will comfort and correct. A word that will challenge us and send us out to do your will and to follow you. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, the church where I was first formed, which still has such a dear place in my heart, it offered me many things as I worked to make the faith of my mother and grandmother my own faith. The youth group there gave me a safe space to ask questions about God and to wrestle with my doubts and my curiosities. 
The councils of the church offered me a chance to see up close and personal what it takes to run a ministry and also took way too many hours out of my chance to do homework because one thing Presbyterians can do is meet. But it was worship each Sunday. It was worship each Sunday that reminded me that the chief aim of humankind is indeed to glorify God and enjoy God forever. The church where I was first formed offered me many lessons in what it meant to be faithful, but the one that for me was the most important and indeed remains the most enduring is the practice of testifying. There in that church where I was first formed, before worship would even begin, we would gather to share in what we called a devotional service. An elder would be at the front leading the congregation and singing some hymns and spirituals, and eventually the floor would be opened to share for anyone who was interested a testimony about what God had been up to, a story about how God had shown up and shown out in their lives. For anyone who desired to recount and share publicly the blessings that God had sent their way or the problems that God had solved or the healing that God had brought to bear in their life. And without fail, every week, someone would have a testimony. And when they got up, it would go a little something like this. First, giving honor to God, who is the head of my life the pastor and first lady, all the ministers, officers, and to everyone who is my father's child. And once everyone had been acknowledged before they would get into the content of their testimony, the person that was testifying would continue speaking and in their speaking begin to establish the context for their testimony. They would eventually say something like this, I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord one more time. I could have been dead sleeping in my grave, but I'm grateful that my mattress wasn't my cooling board. I want to thank God for the activity of my limbs and for a reasonable portion of health. I want to thank God for keeping food on my table and clothes on my back and keeping me in my right mind. The context they would establish would be a reminder to everyone who had gathered that the specifics of the testimony they were about to share the results of the blessing that they were about to inform us about, the particularities of the solution provided for their problems were all a result of the promise, presence, and power of God. That big or small, easy or difficult, routine or extraordinary, the testimony that you were about to hear was just one more example of why they were giving thanks to God and why you should too. If you grew up in a church similar to the one I grew up in, then this may sound familiar to you and, and you know it to be true. Maybe you've offered your own testimony before during a devotional service and spoken aloud about the difference God has made in your life. Or perhaps a devotional service is foreign to you and you didn't have moments like this in the church where you were first formed. Perhaps you don't have much practice with the practice of testifying. And for you, the idea of talking about how God has blessed you or solved a problem or shown up in your life feels uncomfortable. Whether this is familiar to you or foreign, whether you need a reminder or an introduction, the good news, beloved, is that both are provided by the psalmist as we read the 103rd Psalm. For Psalm 103 provides for us an example of what it means to engage in thanksgiving 
through a practice of remembrance and testimony. And it offers us a glimpse of how Thanksgiving shapes us for the world we are called to shape for the glory of God. Remembrance, testimony, they each build on one another, each feed on one another, each depend on one another for its efficacy. Testimony is not possible without remembrance, and remembrance is of no impact without the chance to testify and recall the story of your survival. When was the last time you told your story? Your story of how you survived, how you made it, how you came back from the brink, how you managed to hold it all together, remembrance. It's what's at work behind the scenes as the psalmist begins to piece together these lines of poetic testimony. For the psalmist is remembering all that had happened in order to testify to what God had done, remembrance. It's remembrance that shapes the first line of this psalm, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all his benefits. Bless the Lord. Worship the Lord. Speak well of God with your words. Sing out to the Lord with song. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget. It's clear to the psalmist, and the very rhythm and patterns of our lives bear it out to be true as well, that, that in order to bless the Lord, in order to cry out to God, in order to have something worth saying to God and about God, you must remember. You must understand the context of your life's story. You must not forget. Beloved, one of the most frustrating things that I navigate in my own life, and I imagine some of you have the same experience too, is that it's becoming increasingly difficult to keep track of when things occurred, to keep track of when things unfolded as the years continue to pass me by. Sometimes what happened two years ago feels like it was just last week. And sometimes what happened last week I really wish was two years ago. But it can be maddening, can't it? How time just seems to slip through our fingers, refusing to allow us to recall it chronologically with accuracy. Maybe you've had the same experience I've had, trying to recall when a particular moment occurred during the pandemic, only, only to realize that pandemic time wasn't really even real time. And everything just seemed to happen over those few years have jumbled themselves together in a continuous flow of joy and pain and laughter and lament and uncertainty and new beginnings. It's hard to remember when time won't cooperate. And it's even easier to forget. And that's why the psalmist does not allow us to proceed through the song without the imperative to Remember, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and do not forget. 
For if we forget, then we lose the context in which our very lives have unfolded. And there is something dangerous about forgetting the context in which your story unfolds. If you forget the context, then you might begin to think that all you've managed to do and all you've managed to build and all you've managed to achieve is a result of your unaided hard work. It's dangerous, beloved, to forget the context because if you forget, you might begin to think that your story is more important than someone else's story and even forget that they exist. It is dangerous to forget the context, for if you forget the context in which your very story is unfolding, you might also forget who the author of your story is and might begin to take for granted the story that they have been writing all along. The psalmist implores us, bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget because the psalmist understood that the people of Israel had a storytelling problem. And so too do we often have issues recounting our story as a people with honesty and integrity and with thanksgiving. And if what I'm talking about is a little fuzzy, if you need an example of our issues with storytelling in this world, just take a look at policies that have been passed in an attempt to lay claim to what constitutes true history. Take a look at court decisions that have been made attempting to redefine the legacies of separation and subjugation and human-imposed suffering. The psalmist tells us, bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget because it is hard to remember and it's even easier to forget. And if we forget, there are dangerous consequences for the stories we might tell ourselves. And we can really tell ourselves some stories, can't we? We can spin truth out of the lies because of shame and pain. We, we can turn failures into triumphs and paint rosy pictures out of the broken pieces of dashed dreams. We can convince ourselves that it's always been good and everything has always been great. And so often we do it and we put a smile on our faith because that's how we survive. But that is not thanksgiving. That is not what the psalmist points us toward. Hear that line, bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all his benefits. That's the key right there in those few words that in verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all his benefits. For the presence of benefits ought to remind each of us that there is a place in our lives in which we are lacking, in which we need a bit of assistance, in which we need additional resourcing. You know, for me, each time I read this psalm, that language of benefits makes me think of a benefit package. The kind of benefit package you might receive when you get a job offer. It comes with medical and vision, dental, uh, death and disability, life insurance, FHAs and HSAs and 401ks and 403bs and all the things, even PTO, that sacred, beautiful thing called paid time off. Benefits. Maybe you are familiar with the benefit package. 
The thing for me that made this salient is that I had an opportunity to get away for a while a few weeks ago. I even shared it with some of you as we were meeting in TK Young, and I was excited just to get away, to burn some of that PTO for a little bit. And I did just that. I lounged around, I read a few books, I even went to the spa, got back to journaling. But the highlight of my time off was when I took a trip to Birmingham. I ate, I drank, I visited museums, I had a great time, but I even had a chance to catch up with an old friend. Hadn't seen each other in years, and while we generally knew what each other was up to, we hadn't had caught up with the specificities and details of one another's life. And so while we were catching up, uh, we did the normal things. How's life? How's your family? How's work? And at that final question, they were all too excited to share. Let me, let me put it like this. They are in love with their job. They are in love with this job. And it's not just about the impact of the work that they're doing. It's not just about the flexibility of the hours that they enjoy. What for them has the most excited is the benefits package. And I've got to admit, after they finished explaining to me the benefits package, I was wondering if they were hiring. Because of how much the company contributes to the 401k plan and the workplace culture that they maintain and all the benefits of the company, I, I wanted to know, is there a way that I could work there? Because that benefits package made all the difference. That benefits package bridged the gap so that if something happened, they wouldn't lack the resources necessary to meet the demands of whatever situation arose. And so, too, the psalmist this morning invites us to consider the full package of benefits we have access to as one whose lives has been claimed by God. And if you were listening as we read the psalm, you recognize it's a rather large benefits package. The psalmist provides a near comprehensive list for us to consider. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all his benefits who forgive who gives forgiveness for iniquity healing for disease redemption for death who invests love and mercy in our lives and promises to satisfy us with good who renews our very lives over and over and over again bless the lord O oh my soul and do not forget all his benefits for God vindicates us and secures justice for the oppressed. For God was faithful to our ancestors and promises to be merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. God does not accuse, does not hold our wrongdoings against us. God's anger doesn't kindle against us forever, nor does God put a limit on God's great love for us. God is compassionate and compassionate and compassionate just as a parent is. And God knows how we were made. What a list. A comprehensive list of all the benefits God not only offers us, but imposes upon our very lives before we have a chance to respond. A comprehensive list of all the reasons we have to give God thanks. And if that list wasn't enough, 
Maybe I can invite you to use it as a starting point to become more specific. For these benefits are not just something we rehearse when we worship. These benefits, they compel us to respond, to testify. The psalmist is inviting us, even daring us, to get specific, to make it personal. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all his benefits like when God offered you forgiveness when you couldn't forgive yourself. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all his benefits like when you got the blood work back and it showed signs of of terminal illness and yet here you are. Scared, but even tender, scarred, but you're here. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all his benefits like when you found yourself at your wit's end and had nothing more to give, nothing more to offer, nothing more to hope for, even nothing more to live for. And still, each morning, God touched you with a hand of mercy and you found your way back from the edge and, and you brought with it new, new energy and new creativity and, and new passion. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and do not forget all his benefits the recovery from addiction, the management of chronic pain and mental illness, the the regaining of your identity after the divorce, the the remembering of joy so long after you laid that loved one to rest, the, the regaining of faith after it had failed you, the reconciliation of that relationship, the bills that were paid when there wasn't anything left to pay them. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and do not forget all his benefits. Have you found a reason to testify yet? Has something crossed your mind that makes you want to tell God, thank you? For if you remember what the Lord has done, then you have cause to testify. You know, in that church where I was first formed, that devotional service wasn't just an opportunity for someone to grab the mic and be the center of attention for a little while, though every now and then that did happen and the elder would slowly but surely usher them back to their seat. That devotional service was an opportunity for others to hear what God had done. And in hearing what God had done for someone else, remember what God had done for them and testify also to the power of God we are being invited to do the very same thing. And we can even practice it right now. Take a moment. You can even close your eyes if you're comfortable. And I promise if you nod off, someone will nudge you and bring you back. Take a moment. Close your eyes. Think about your story. Do you remember where it all started? Maybe even think about where you thought your story would go. What you expected to happen and how you expected things to end up. The twists and the turns, the the impossibly good times that still make you warm at the thought. Even those times that still prickle with the pain and loss and sense of powerlessness. Think about your story. Where did God show up? 
What did God do? How did God deliver you from the clutches of what you thought would harm you? Remember. Remember, beloved. If you remember... And I think things over. I can truly say that I've been blessed. I've got a testimony. And beloved, that testimony, let me let you in on a little secret. It's not just for you. Someone needs to hear it. Someone needs to know that if God has blessed you, then that means God is in their neighborhood. What they need from God is not far off, and they need a reminder that they just need to keep going. We are all called to testify and to remember. For in doing those two things, we are transformed. Transformed from people who think we are the created, the, the creator into those who remember that we are the created. We're transformed from people who believe we can know it all and understand it all into those who realize that the psalmist is correct. God knows how we were made. God remembers that we are dust. We are transformed from people disinterested in this world into those who see at every turn new opportunity for God to bring about a testimony through our hands and our feet and our voices and our dreams and our organizing and our prayers. We are called to remember and to testify so that through our testimonies, we might partner with God in the shaping of this world into a better reflection of God's kingdom. So we don't get to forget. We don't get to stay quiet. If God has done anything in your life, you ought to say thank you. You owe God at least that much. But beloved, if the psalmist's invitation to bless the Lord, if this idea of testifying is too much, if that comprehensive benefits package is too large to comprehend, let me offer you one final thing and invite you to take your cue from another psalmist. Mary Oliver, that incredible poet whose poem, Instructions on Living a Life, cuts straight to the point. Mary says it like this, pay attention, be astonished, tell about it to the glory of God.